In-depth analysis from former Wisconsin athletes, Gusser, Bruzowitz, Butch. This is the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Well, it's been a great week for the Wisconsin basketball team. They took care of Rutgers last Sunday. Then they went on the road and pulled the upset at number 19 Michigan on Wednesday, on Thursday night. Uh, Wisconsin extending their winning streak to five games, snapping Michigan's winning streak at five games in that one. Demetri Trice, obviously, absolutely fantastic as he finished with 28 points. He was five of six from three. His shooting is starting to pick up. He's been shooting 49% from three over the last 10 games for the Badgers as they have uh, caught fire a little bit here. They're 6-1 and one since the beginning of February, and it's happening at just the right time, and it's pushed them in to a tie for second place in the Big Ten at 11-6. and six. They are two games back of Maryland for, for first. Uh, Minnesota could have helped out in that stretch. They, they had Maryland beaten on Wednesday night but could not finish it off. But uh, Wisconsin... Keeps on winning, and uh, they're in very good position for a double buy in the Big Ten tournament. That goes to the top four seeds, and right now, as I said, they're in a tie for second place. Now that tie for second place is with four teams, so including themselves. So it's also Michigan State, it's Illinois, and it is Penn State with Maryland two games ahead. So Wisconsin's got three games left. They'll take on they'll take on Minnesota on Sunday. They'll take on Northwestern next week, and then finish at Indiana before the Big Ten tournament down in Indianapolis uh, here in a little bit. Now, I'm sure people are wondering what has been the biggest difference for the Badgers from when they were struggling in January to now where they're playing uh, some of the best basketball of anybody in the Big Ten. And it really comes down, let's be fair, and it's about what basketball is. It's about making shots. And Wisconsin has made shots, especially from deep. Five straight games with a double-digit number of threes. That's the first time they've done that since at least the 95-96 season. It's been a different guy almost every night. Demetri Trice obviously there against Michigan, but the leading scorer uh, in this five-game winning streak has been a different person every night. Brad Davison has done it. Nate Reavers has done it. Brevin Pritzel has done it. Aleem Ford has done it. And Demetri Trice has done it. All five starters have been able to figure out a way to lead the team in scoring, but it's not just that. Aleem Ford's picked up his rebounding. Demetri Trice has become a true point guard. He's had at least five assists in eight of Wisconsin's last ten games, including a career-high nine against Rutgers. So, again, it's just a myriad of different guys coming through, playing well at the same time, and coming together at the same time. And as we talk about the players, we also have to talk about the coach. Greg Gard was left for dead a month ago for some people on Wisconsin's campus. There was a sign up in one of the dorms, spelled out in big letters, that uh, said fire guard ASAP. That was after they had lost at Iowa. Kobe King had left the team, and it did not look good. I mean, there, there were people on a national scale saying the team was in disarray, that the program was in disarray. Wisconsin has major problems. And at the end of it, Wisconsin doesn't have major problems. They've had major success for the last month, and it's led to where they could possibly be a seed in the range of uh, a six or a five in the, in the uh, NCAA tournament, which nobody, nobody could have predicted at this point uh, last month. So you have to give credit to Greg Gard. You have to give credit to his assistants. And uh, certainly here throughout this hour, we'll talk about all the success over here in these uh, this last four weeks that has led to the point where they are in spot to potentially, potentially grab a share of the Big Ten title if everything falls their way. We'll be talking about it with our former Badgers here coming up, including Brian Butch, 
and Mike Bruzewitz. But on the other side of the break, it'll be our first form badger. It is Josh Gosser. You're listening to the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. And now back to the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. From back-to-back Final Four appearances and named three times to the Big Ten's all-defensive team, we hear from guard Josh Gusser. Now here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And we do bring in former Badger Josh Gosser here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Well, Josh, huge, huge win for Wisconsin as they take down number 19 Michigan on the road. You have to be feeling good about this Badgers team right now. They won five straight, and they've done it uh, in impressive fashion. Five straight games of at least 10 three-pointers, double-digit three-pointers, first time in at least 25 years that that's happened. What can you say about this team? Five straight wins and three very winnable games coming up heading into tournament time. I mean, it's just been, uh, for me as a fan and alum, it's just been really fun to watch and just so proud of the guys, honestly. I mean, the team coming together during all the ups and downs, coach guard rallying the team. I mean, it's just been, it's been really fun to watch. And we talked earlier, I mean, Dimitri Trice, Micah Potter, Aline Ford, Brevin Pritz, everyone is playing well. Everyone is playing confident, aggressive. And just there's no better feeling as a basketball player than just going out there and playing and, and hooping and being confident. And you can see it all across the board. Guys are having fun out there and playing well. They dropped 81 on a Michigan team that had been playing pretty, pretty good defense. They hadn't given up more than 35 and a half uh, at home in the last month, or I should say overall, anywhere over the last month. Wisconsin goes 43 and 38 on them. It was as impressive as a, a road performance that Wisconsin has had. And I know they won at Penn State, and I know they won at Ohio State, but this game, the way that Michigan was playing, it has to be, if not the best win, one of. It has to be up there, no? Yeah, I would agree because Michigan played well. I mean, we the wins at Ohio State, the wins at Penn State, they both, you know, a lot of it was credit to us, but they played terrible. I mean, Penn State didn't score. Yeah, it was first, bad. Like 14 possessions. <laughs> Ohio State was was missing a player. Tennessee, we played them on the road, and their starting point guard was his first game out. This was, you know, yeah, they didn't have Eli Brooks, but it was they played well. I mean, Michigan played well. Their their crowd was into it. It was a a big game for them, and we took it to them from the start. And, you know, some of our wins on the road have been ugly, and we had to just, like, muscle them out and just squeak them out. This one, we we really controlled the game for the greater part of it. Michigan was just trying to scratch and claw their way back in it and sometimes got close, and we always answered. And just that's what good teams do, and it, it feels like we're a really good team right now. And, you know, let's just hope we can continue this going. And it's no better time to do it. It's out of February, coming into the tournament time, and it's just uh, the guys are feeling good. You can, you can just tell. The guy that was feeling the best against Michigan was Dimitri Trice. Finished with 28 points, a couple of dagger, dagger threes when, Mer- when Michigan was right there, you know, within three, and he pushes it back out to six, hit a couple of free throws down the stretch. He was awesome. And he has been yeah. awesome. And, and I should say, I shouldn't say he he was awesome. He has been awesome for uh, uh, you know pretty much going all the way back to the Michigan State game, the first Michigan State game in the middle of January. But he took it up a level because Xavier Simpson was putting on a show for Michigan. He he was almost unstoppable in the paint, and Demetri had him almost point for point on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, Meech put up huge numbers, but it wasn't just the numbers. It was 
when he scored. It was the the, the shots, the point of the game, when everyone, the crowd, like I said, the crowd got into it. We needed a bucket. We needed to stop their run. And he always answered the bell. And kind of the play that stood out to me, I think he had just hit a three. He was four for four from three, had 20-some points. He had an opportunity to take one off a of, off of Micah Potter offensive rebound, I think. He pump faked the guy, had a chance to shoot it. And instead of taking it, he dished it up top to Aleem Ford at the top of the key for a wide-open three, and Aleem knocked it down. That's just the type of maturity that I think Demetrius has gained, and you could just feel his confidence, even when he's playing as well as he can possibly play, still to pass that up to, to his buddy Aleem at the top of the key. He knocks it down. You can just feel the confidence that he has in himself and his teammates and everyone kind of around him. And that's, I mean, it's just been fun to watch. Demetrius has been, he might be the best player in the, in the Big Ten right now, the way he's playing, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Yeah, no, he's been great, and it's been a lot of, you know, passing's been a huge part of it. I mean, he only had eight points against Rutgers. He only had eight points against Purdue, those those last two games that they that they played before in the Michigan game, but it was the assist. He had nine assists against Rutgers, five against uh, Purdue. It's, he's been doing it in different ways, and Thursday night they needed his scoring because uh, Nate Reavers only had two points. Their leading score only had two points, and he came through, and I'm wondering if at any point did you think that this was the type of player Demetri could be, or is this kind of catching you off guard a little bit? <laughs> you know, I thought he could be up to this point. I, mean, I think this is his ceiling. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, but this is a pretty darn good ceiling, and he's been consistently at this ceiling for a few games now, like you said. Uh, so, I mean, he's been doing it on both ends for the greater part of this this month or two, and. I mean, Micah Potter's been playing great, but a lot of that is because Demetri comes on ball screens and gives him great opportunities on a pick and pop or a, or a roll of the hoop. Uh, Olean Ford's been playing better, and a lot of that's because Demetri finds him. Uh, everything that we've been doing successfully offensively kind of has been running through Meech here lately. And, you know, we kind of earlier in the year, we're like, is Brad the one? Is <laughs> Demetri the one? Should Trevor Anderson be getting more tick at the one? And I think uh, now we all know. And the guys know, and the coaches know who who's the guy at the end of the shot clock, at the end of the games, and and who who the guy is offensively who's going to make things happen. Yeah, no doubt, it has been Demetri Trice of late. Again, talking with Josh Gosser here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Let's talk about Micah Potter because it's been a fun two man game with them a little bit. What is it about Micah and Demetri? Feels like they have something kind of coming together here as we get towards the end of the season. Yeah, they got a good connection, and they're both confident as ever. I mean. It, Watching Micah is just crazy. He he <laughs> he pops into the game. First time he touches the ball, he just pops out to the wing, catches it, and just fires it, and it just flashes it. It's almost every game, and it's just it's so quick, it's so effortless. He has so much confidence. It's it's, it's really fun to watch him. And then he'll go down and and dunk on someone. It's it's either a catch and shoot, quick three, or he's dunking on someone, and that's <laughs> that's a pretty darn good uh, recipe for success. And I, I I thought Micah would be good and a good help, but. I didn't think he'd be he'd be at this level and this confidence just to catch and fire pretty much every time he gets it and it's just it's pure. You know it's 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 funny we me and uh, Jesse Temple on our podcast the the swing we were talking about him earlier in this year year and what kind of impact he would make and we we kind of asked the question sold or not sold would would he be basketball's version of Quintess Cephas you know for the football team and we're like no that'd be that'd be quite the contribution if he was able to do anything like that and we were we were no 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 he'll probably be more like uh, a Garrett Rand and Isaiah Laudermilk being healthy <laughs> on the on the defensive line and, and helping the defense right. the rest of the way. He's been close to Quintez Cephas of late. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was kind of like 
Yeah, he'll spot Nate Reavers, you know, eight eight to twelve minutes a game, lower his minutes, and <laughs> but now he's. Uh, I mean, we need a bucket. You got to put him out there. Unfortunately, I mean, his defense is still a little suspect. I mean, there's a reason why Xavier Simpson had thirty plus. It wasn't because of Demetri or the guards. There's a lot of a lot of switches, a lot of easy stuff at the rim that happened, but. If he's going to come out and give you 18 on on six shots, I mean, you got to take that. And especially with this team just getting a spark off the bench, he has been, uh, I think, more than what anyone has expected. It's it's pretty crazy how how seamlessly he's transitioned into this team and how confident he is. And I just I, I love watching that kid play. He makes he makes big shots and he makes big like energy plays yes. with his dunks and with his shot making and his passion i mean it's it's exactly what we need i feel like his passion is so underrated in in what they needed because they did not have that they don't have that guy you know what i mean like in, oh god yeah we have a bunch of nice guys yeah really nice nice good kids yeah <laughs> and not that mike is not but he's got a little more fierce right yeah he's gonna he's gonna bring it both in attitude and you know the dunks they're they're not soft dunks you know what i mean he's right. com- he's coming for somebody's soul when he's going in there and we've seen him take it a couple times you know what i mean so the contribution he's made has been more significant than anybody could have possibly hoped. Yeah, it's thunderous dunks, and it's pick and pop, catch it, fire, and just peer off the rim. Just like that pure shot, it seems like he makes every time. That that just gives you energy, too, because it happens so quick, and it's just like, wow, that was easy. And then he goes down and has a dunk and, and screams, and he's talking, he's bringing energy. Uh, just another voice that can come out here and, and talk a little bit. Cause that, you know, Nate, Nate's not a big talker, Aleem. Even Dimitrik, uh, Brevin, those guys don't like talking as much, and and Micah is someone who, uh, you know, him and Brad don't really shut up. So I think it's a good <laughs> it's a good addition to what we need. <laughs> Again, talk with Josh Gosser here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. You mentioned earlier about how proud you were of how how these guys have fought through everything, right? You know, and how yeah. uh, and how they've been able to not just you know the Kobe situation, Eric Helen situation, the going all the way back to May with Coach Moore and his accident, it's been, it feels like one thing after another. And for at least the last two and a half weeks, it's been nothing but basketball. How good do you think that has to feel and how good do you think it is that they don't have, they haven't had anything in their minds? It's just been basketball these last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes to show the culture and the the togetherness of the group. I mean, because, you know, on things like that, you can only rely on each other. And I don't know if many programs or many teams could have could have handled all this the way we have, or those guys have, and that just shows the the strength, the fortitude, the culture, what Coach Guard's built, and and how guys are really buying in and, and playing for each other. You know, you, you talent is. I mean, if, if this season's taught us anything, it's that yeah, talent is is nice to have, but effort, energy, togetherness, relationships, playing off each other, playing together is is ten times more important than than a little little more skill. So, in showing, I mean, just the, the mental part of it, the, the confidence, the aggressiveness, the you know, just playing for each other. Is, I can't overstate how important that is. I mean, just playing back in college, and when you really love the guys you're playing with, and your coach, and you believed, and you, you did all those things together, you just play at another level. And it's clear that that's happening right now with this group, and it's it's awesome to see um, from someone who. He's very passionate about this program. Really <laughs> likes his team and the kids, and I just—it's—it's it's awesome. Yeah, something and I were talking about this last week, but just looking at the job that Greg Gard has done, and it's not just Greg Gard; it's the kids, and he'll tell you that first. But when you look at the coaching job, 
I go back to his first year when they were, you know, really, really struggling, right? You were one and four in Big Ten play, and they came all the way back and, and made it, uh, probably should have made it to the Elite Eight, uh, but they made it to the second weekend, and that was probably his best coaching job. Where would you put, where would you rank this, though? This one that they've done so far this year? And there's still three games to play plus the postseason. Well, yeah, it really reminds me of that year because I think that year, didn't they win like 12 straight in the Big Ten or 9 straight? Uh, it was 9 straight or something. 8 yeah. straight, 9 straight, yeah. And it was like, and now it, they're, it was going on the, it, yeah, it was going on the road and winning like top 10 teams. They went to yeah, Maryland. Maryland and, they went yeah, to at yeah, Iowa. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think we won 8 or 9 straight and we're well on our way to, to winning, you know, that much if take care of business here. But I think it ranks right at the top just because there's so many things that, you know, that season was just about, you know, the guys on the team coming together and basketball and What's going on this year has, has been so much more than basketball. It's been, I think he's had to teach a lot more about life and just relationships and the off the court stuff. I mean, so much has come into this season that hasn't been basketball related that he's had to to teach and to to fight through with the guys and stuff that you don't. I mean, that's not in the job description. He's he's just found a way to handle it. And um, you know, I've known Coach Gar for a while and I always knew he had it in him and really. Love what he's done, but it's great to see it, you know, be shown on the outside now a little bit. And I, this is, I mean, I think it's as good a coaching job as he's ever had. I think it's as good as coaching job as there has been in the Big Ten this year, or you know, potentially in the, even in the country. Just, just what this program has been through on the court, off the court. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty special. No doubt it is. And Wisconsin still has things to gain. They're Minnesota could have done them a huge favor the other night. Uh, a, a ridiculous shot, you know, at the top that that gave them a win over Minnesota. Maryland, that is, uh, gave, got them a win over uh, Minnesota late in the barn. No that was an insane shot. Yeah, we'd be one game back, right? We'd be one game back right now. With yes, with three, three to play, uh, three bottom, th- three to four bottom teams to, to play left. So yeah. we'd be uh, looking pretty darn good because Maryland still got Michigan State and I think at Ohio State a couple tough ones. So yeah. I yeah. could see us. I could see a. Uh, that's getting that one or two spot still. It's it's gonna be fun to see. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, there are only they're two games out of first with with three to play. They have the tiebreaker over Maryland. So if that were ever to come into play, there's three other teams that are tied for that two seed right now: Michigan State and um, and uh, Penn State. And then there's Illinois, a half game back from those teams. So the the double buy and the and the title share is still there. But in terms of the double buy, how important would that be for Wisconsin to to give them a shot? At, at winning a Big Ten title and, and a Big Ten tournament title down in Indy? Oh, it's it's huge. I mean, you win one game and you're all of a sudden in the Final Four. I mean, you're <laughs> in the semis just like that. So it just makes the road a lot easier. You don't have to go through this. I mean, the Big Ten's a gauntlet. I mean, from top to bottom, there's a, there's a lot of good teams, and you only have to play, you know, three of them, uh, whereas opposed to uh, you see all these teams in the bracket and you're like, how, how are we going to get through all these? Well, if you got that double bye, you're really only going through a couple of them. So it just... You know, it's just it's it's good confidence builder, and it looks like we're going to be definitely in that position yet again, uh, which is pretty cool to see. But I would still like them to go for this regular season title. If we yeah. take care of business, I mean, Never there's know. a shot that we could get a share of it. And I think if you would have told the staff, you know, I think four weeks ago the staff was probably like, "We hopefully we can just make make the tournament." <laughs> and now it's looking like we're fighting for a Big Ten championship. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's a it's an amazing. It's been an amazing few weeks here for Wisconsin. It's been an amazing. You know, it's a bit of tough roller coaster up and down, but it's starting to pay off dividends, or it's starting to pay dividends for Wisconsin here towards the end. They are 18 and 10, 11 and 6 in Big Ten play, and they'll take on Minnesota on Sunday. Josh, thank you yeah. very much. We'll catch, we'll catch up next week.
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's time that everyone realizes how great of a coach we have. It's good to see. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying there won't be any fire guard chance uh, at the Cole Center on Sunday? Not, not from anyone who knows what they're, uh, what they're seeing with their eyes. There you go. All right, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right, there he is. Josh Gosser here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. And now, back to the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. A McDonald's All-American, All-Big Ten First Team, and Big Ten Champion. We hear from Brian Butch. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And we do bring in former Badger Brian Butch now here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Well, Brian, Wisconsin picks up two more wins since last week. They take care of Rutgers at home, then go on the road for a huge, huge Huge win against Michigan, number 19 team in the country. Beat them 81-74. to They led by 10 at the break. They finished down the stretch. Demetri Trice, 28 points. Micah Potter, 18 points. Aline Ford, 18 points. It went. Those three guys got it done for them. Yeah, you, uh, can we add another huge on top of that? Because I think that, <laughs> that, that fit exactly what it was. Yeah. I thought this team was going to do this, though. So you I did. I really, truly did. You did. No, I'll, 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 give you, I'll give you credit right now. You came on our podcast, uh, the, the Swing, earlier this week and said, I'm picking Wisconsin. I think they're going on the road. Me and Jesse Temple looked at each other, and we, and we just kind of – we didn't roll our eyes, but we kind of gave it like, eh, I don't know, man. That's, that's, that's calling some Because Michigan had won five straight games. They'd won seven of eight. Isaiah Livers was playing fantastic. Like, yeah. there was a lot of things going against Wisconsin going into that, but it did not matter. Isn't this how this group has been, though, when their backs have been up against the wall, and whether it's been on the floor or off of the floor, which they've had a lot of that, yep. this group has responded. And this is a group of, of young kids and now young adults that have come together as a group. Uh, and to me, I think that's when you do that as a group, when you have a, a locker room come together and realize that, hey, we can come together and achieve great things, Good things normally happen, and that's what this group is doing. We can talk about the X's and O's. We can talk about how good Demetrius Trice was. We can talk about how good Aline Four has been since Kobe King has left. We can talk about all that stuff, and I get that's a huge part of it. But to me, it's the belief in one another that why they've taken the step forward. To me, that's the biggest reason. It really is. And you got to give Great Guard a heck of a lot of credit. You really do, because a lot of locker rooms split in situations like that. This locker room hasn't. They've come together. And it's because they follow the leader. And who is that leader? Well, the leader's great guard, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. that, that's where it's at. Like, he is the guy that comes in, you know, when, when the outside noise is going on, when everyone is doubting you, he's the one that walks in that locker room and says, it's these four walls, fellas. That's all we can control. That's all we need to worry about. And if there was serious tension in that locker room, which some people have said, I'm not going to mention names, <laughs> That there was serious tension, you would not have this response from that group of young men. Yeah, no, okay, no, you certainly would not. And I think we've talked about that a couple times where, you know, there were things said when Kobe King left. I'll, I'll say the name. You don't have to. I will. He said, he said some things that, uh, that hurt Greg Gard. There's no doubt about it. They hurt Greg Gard. I remember the game after that when they beat Michigan State. And, you know, I never, you rarely, it probably on us. On one hand, you can count the number of times that his family has come into the post-game media session and been there for him. And that was one of those games. Because what Kobe King had said and put it out there in public was something that had not, never been said about Greg Gard before. And for him to, to deal with that 
and then respond the way he has and the way that his team has, I think speaks a lot about who he truly is. There's no question. And that's why I'm not a big person to go out on Twitter and, and put you know, these deep, long posts together. I did there. And we talked about it, and I think it, it was valid because Greg Hart is a great man on top of a heck of a basketball coach. Like, you know, I, I'm not, I don't have the job at BTN if it's not for what Greg Gard, you know, does to help and, and Coach Alvarez and everybody. And that's, it's bigger than just four years and winning basketball games at the University of Wisconsin. That's what Kobe King kind of said. Yeah. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. That is fine. I totally get that. I understand that. I wish nothing but the best for Kobe. Um, but I know what Greg Gard did for me. So I thought it was, was important to get that message out from somebody um, who he's helped on a personal level or more than just basketball games. Yeah, no, I, I think there, there are a lot of people, you know, after that game on Thursday night that are in your position that play for Bill Ryan but played under Greg Gard or even, you know, in these last few years played under Greg Gard that are immensely proud of what this program has done this year based on where they were a month ago. You know what I mean? Like the, what they've done, and I'm not going to speak for you, but I, but I feel like you said it before, you're proud of the guys themselves. Not, not even what they've been able to do on the basketball floor, but the way that they've handled everything, and it's starting to pay off dividends on the floor itself. It is, and that's where you look at it. Listen, they moved up. In my opinion, I think they moved up a seed line today. I think they've done a great job at almost securing a double buy. Now you've got to take care of your home games. I get that. You got two big home games. You got one coming up against the Minnesota oh, you, team that's you know extremely the, desperate. Yeah, but you know you know Wisconsin could be jacked for that one. After what happened yes, up in the Twin Cities, exactly. you know they're gonna be ready for that one. But you still gotta take care of business. So yeah. but but this win is a huge win as as far as securing a double buy goes as well. No, it is. And I, I you know, you look at where Wisconsin is in the standings right now, they're eleven and six. They're in a tie for second place, a half uh, half game ahead of Illinois, two games back in Maryland. And Minnesota certainly could have helped out a little bit the other night. I uh, know, I know, I know. What a shot, right? Uh, that was that was Minnesota. That was bad. I mean, I'm just going to. It was bad. I know, and I was I was selfishly a little upset about that one because I've got Indiana <laughs> and Minnesota on next Wednesday at, uh, at Assembly Hall, and that game would have had a lot more meaning had Minnesota. Um, had a chance to win that one. Yeah, and it would have brought Maryland back to within a game of everybody else. And Maryland's got a much tougher schedule down the stretch than Wisconsin does. Uh, you know, they play Michigan State, so that that game's going to be obviously uh, on Saturday. College game day is going to be there, so it's going to be a it's going to be a big game. One of those te- two teams has fallen out of that thing. You've got Iowa up there, and you've got Wisconsin up there, and then Illinois is a half game back. Where do you see this finishing? Do you see a Wisconsin finishing out three zero, getting that double buy, potentially grabbing a share, or how do you envision these last three games playing out for everybody? Yeah, no, I think they take care of home, um, and then I think Indiana is a team that you know, obviously tonight suffers a loss against Purdue. Uh, they need another quality win at home. I I wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin loses that one, yeah. um, especially with the way it played out in December. So, you know, big picture-wise, I think 2-1 and one is a great finish. I really do. Um, you know, I think what they're able to do and how they're able to do that, I think that puts them right where they need to be, and it secures that double buy for them. Yeah, no, it, it does. And how big is a, a double buy? I was we were talking oh, with Josh. Huge. Yeah, we were talking with Josh Gosser earlier, and it's. I mean, you win one game and you're in the semifinals. You know, you're 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 right there. Yes, I mean it's it's absolutely huge, especially this year. I mean, it's huge any year, but especially this year because the Big Ten is by far the deepest conference in all of America. And if you get to get out of a game that you don't have to play, 
let everyone else beat up on everybody else because that's what this Big Ten tournament's going to be all about. It's going to be great to watch, but it's one of those that you want to watch. You want to sit in your hotel bedroom nice and, nice and cozy as everyone else is beating up on each other as you prepare the, you know, that next game versus having to actually play that game on, on uh, you know, Thursday. Yeah, it's been a while for Wisconsin. They haven't, they haven't had that opportunity. They've been in those wars the last couple of years uh, not, and, and not getting that straight to the to Friday night kind of thing or Friday morning, whatever it's going to end up being for Wisconsin. So, uh, again, 11-6 and six in the Big Ten. I don't think anybody predicted that, certainly. We we kind of talked about it on the, on the podcast, but is this Greg Gard's best coaching job, do you think? Or 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 is it the, the first year where they where he took over a, a seven and five team and uh, then went one and four in Big Ten play and then came all the way back? Yeah, no, I think it's this year. I, I do. Um, and the reason why is is it started in May. I mean, to be able to get a group of, of young men together and focused on more than just basketball. Uh, and and we, we know with, with Coach Moore and everything, to still get those kids to understand um, that, number one, this is still a game and, and life is more important um, than a game. And then to get them to respond and then to get punched in the mouth and they respond again with the Micah Potter situation and they get punched in the mouth with the Kobe King situation and they've responded and they've responded. These kids in this, in this team, they're going to be successful in life. Like, I mean, I know it's trying to get all a little sentimental here with everything, but it's true. Like, yeah. they're going to be successful in life because of the, the things Greg Gard is, te- you know, teaching this group. Basketball-wise, is his best coaching job. But what he's doing to help these to help mold these young men into, into adults, that, that's his best coaching job by far. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you have to certainly give credit to the assistants as well. Joe Kravenhoff, oh, Lado Tucker, sure. and um, Dean Oliver. Listen, all three of those guys have done a fantastic yeah. job. Of being, of being a shoulder, being a voice, being a leader. Uh, that's one thing that, you know, again, you talk about, you know, being a leader. There's great guard that goes and, you know, says, Helanda, why don't you step in and, you know, fill a void that, I, that is unfillable, um, that you don't know how to move forward. And you made the right decision, right? Knowing who to put into that situation, into that role, when there is nobody that can fit that role. Again, a great coaching decision. It, it, like I said, you know, this is his best coaching job because he's had to do it since May. Yeah. Again, talk with Brian Butch here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. You mentioned you're going to Indiana to do a game. Now, I, it was kind of funny. I was talking with Joe Krabenhoff, uh last year, and I mentioned when you know when he still goes to Purdue, they still go after him for a, for a screen that he laid on a guy back in the yeah. day. Yeah, I'm wondering if they still get on you for that bank shot. Uh, is it, uh, is it the answer? So I've been there twice. I'll be, uh, this will be my second time. The yeah. first time I walked in uh, was a non-conference, and JD the SID goes right there, right there is where you made the shot, <laughs> right there, pointed right at the court. And of course, Archie Miller came up to me and goes that. Rumor has it, last time you were in this gym, you broke a lot of Hoosier hearts. You can't be doing that anymore. So I think they still know about it. We'll put it that way. Yeah. How, is that one of your more special moments from college? Yeah. You know, it is because it, it, it sealed a Big Ten championship. You know, it really put us in a situation where we kind of knew we had this thing taken care of. Um, and that's what I was about. Like, I mean, as many injuries as I had and everything else, I wanted to win at Wisconsin, and yeah. we did. What a bunch. But that was what I was about. Like, yeah. I, I didn't care about accolades. I didn't care about personal stats. I wanted, as a group, to win, and we did. And that, That's the enjoyable part to me, uh, and that's why it's enjoyable to watch this group win right now. I guess it's, I probably should inform people because it actually was 
12 years ago, so I probably should tell people what I'm talking about when I mention the bank shot. I think a lot of people that are probably listening to this know it, but against Indiana late, Marcus Landry hands you, I mean, it, and he just banked it with, I don't even, with less than five seconds well, left. We, still, we completely ran preschool uh, basketball there as everyone ran to the ball. Marcus was supposed to stay away. <laughs> uh, Trayvon wasn't supposed to be anywhere near it, and it was supposed to be a pitch back to me. So, hey, I knew it. not many games. Not many plays that both draw for me. So when he did, I was going to get that ball. <laughs> now, I didn't think I was going to break the backboard and everything else in between, but uh, you take it. And, of course, I called Bank. Why it, would I not have? I mean, of course. You called Bank, and then they got the of ball course. They got the ball back. They did, and they came close. Oh, huh? my goodness. It was so close. <laughs> so close oh, to knocking that you, one down. Uh, I'm, just, uh, I'm still thankful that one didn't go. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, I asked about the double bye. You think Wisconsin's going to get it? Who's is, is Maryland going to finish this thing off? Are they going to be the Big Ten ch- regular season champs? I do. I think so. Um, I thought that chance that they had at Maryland was going to be the one to to be there. I think Michigan State would have given them a, a run on Saturday, and I thought you're looking at a good situation where maybe you could have been uh, last game at Indiana where you win it and you get a share of a Big Ten title. But I, I think that was the the dagger. And anytime you win a Big Ten championship, there's a statement game. I think that was Maryland's statement game. I really, truly do. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I hope I'm wrong <laughs> yeah. for Badger fans out there. Well, it's insane because you think about what Maryland has done so many times. They've come back, right? They've, they've been great at coming back from, from deficits. And yet the game that they lost to Wisconsin was when they gave up uh, a late lead. And it was Wisconsin coming back because, I mean, Wisconsin's kind of, Wisconsin's kind of been in the opposite. They've been giving up leads and getting into tight games at the end of things. But uh, Maryland... The one time that they played Wisconsin, it was the other way around with Brad Davids' miracle shot. Should not have won yeah. that game. Should have won the Illinois game. I, I'm thinking you probably would rather have the Illinois win at this point, you know, for seeding purposes in the Big Ten tournament. But hey, uh, they are in a very, very good spot as they get three games left. They will get uh, Minnesota on Sunday, and you know, you know, they'll be jacked for that one after what happened up in the Twin Cities earlier this year. Brian, thank you very much. Appreciate it as always. Thanks so much. All right, there he is, Brian Butch here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. And now back to the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. No stranger to the NCAA tournament and rebound machine. Forward Mike Buzowitz. Now here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And we do bring in forward Badger Mike Buzowitz here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Well, Mike, a couple of wins since the last time we had a chance to talk. Obviously took care of Rutgers on Sunday, then went and beat Michigan Number 19, Michigan, at their place in Ann Arbor to move to 18-10 and 10 overall, 11-6 and 6 in Big Ten play. Just, I mean, big picture, I don't think anybody really saw that performance coming, maybe outside of that locker room and maybe Brian Butch. But uh, for, for you, were you a little bit surprised to see the, that final score? Um, a little bit. I, w- I woke up um, this morning, actually, on my side of the world and saw it. Um, and then it was very nice because I got to watch the very long extended highlights um, that they put together for us. So I got a really good feel of the game this morning. Um, and it, it was great to see. Um, you know, if you really looked at it, um, the game itself, you know, they looked extremely confident just from the jump. You know, Demetri Trice taking that left-handed drive at the very beginning of the game. Um, it seemed almost like settle everybody down. And then, bang, they just had an offensive explosion, specifically Trice. But... 
um, even a lean forward, Micah Potter. Um, they were just, you know, it, it was great to see them look extremely confident um, on the floor um, as a unit. And, and it seems right now that Coach Guard has finally found um, kind of a nice rotation rhythm um, with how he wants to have this team look. You know, the, the rotation has gotten significantly different since Kobe King left, but, um, you know, he's, it seems like his substitution pattern, everybody kind of knows when they're going to get their minutes, where they're going to get their shots. Um, and they looked they looked really confident, which was uh, great to see. I think we talked earlier in the year about how balanced they were. This is their fifth straight win, and in the five wins, they've, the leading scorer has been a different guy every time. I don't know if we joked about it, but we talked about it, that at some point you needed a guy to take over. We haven't necessarily seen that. Different guys have been stepping up. Is that still going to work in March, you think? Um, I think so. Um, but, you know, in terms of what it's really going to look like, you know, Demetri Trice has really got to be that guy. Yeah. Um, and I think he is the guy to go for it right now. Um, you know, he's been playing um, some really high-level basketball, especially in this, you know, five-game uh, five winning streak that they have. And he's, you know, he's just kind of put it all together. He's really steadied the ship um, and, and kind of shown – you know how he how he plays really determines how the rest of this team plays, and and when he's super aggressive, especially early in the shot clock, um, that's really what I noticed in this this game against Michigan. Is it's kind of similar to that Iowa game. They looked really really successful um, early in the shot clock, not waiting to be you know kind of passive aggressive, maybe finding an open look and then turning it down and then playing deep into the shot clock. Um, you know, Demetri Trice was coming off ball screens early, shooting threes. They were pushing the ball. Mike Potter was shooting it early. Um, and I actually really, really like that pace of play that they played with. It wasn't that classic grind out, let's play the last 10 seconds of the shot clock. They they look to be aggressive early, and, you know, they're very successful because one thing is, is Wisconsin does shoot the ball in a high clip from um, a lot of different positions. And, and when you do that, you get good looks early, and they shot them with confidence. Sometimes it doesn't always go down, but, you know, that game against Michigan, um, and even against Rutgers, it, it looks good. This has been a historic run for for them offensively. That's five straight games in double-digit number of threes. That hasn't happened since at least the 95-96 season. And then they go on the road and put up over 80 points in back-to-back games, Big Ten games, for the first time since the 94-95 season. I'll be honest. I'm I'm a little cut off guard by the fact that they have been able to do this, and it's and I was I was a little I was hesitant to put a lot of stock into it, you know, with those first four games because three of them were at home. You had another one that was at Nebraska, not exactly the toughest team to play. I was kind of waiting to see what would happen at Michigan, but they went ahead and did the same thing at Michigan. And now I don't know. Does it kind of change your outlook moving forward? That if this this is the type of offense, you're not going to I don't know if you're going to hit double digit every game, but this type of performance, this type of offensive performance. Uh, does it change your outlook for what could possibly happen uh, in March? Um, a little bit. I think it's just you just have to take stock in this team is finally figuring out how to play together. Um, and they looked really fluid. And, and I think Coach Guard has kind of loosened them up a little bit in terms of how rigid they're going to play offensively. Um, you know, this is one of the things that I, I've always kind of wished Wisconsin would do is play a little faster. Um, you know, specifically me, um, you know, in my time at school, I think my sophomore year, uh, there was times where we would play a little too slow. Um, when I, You know, it was me, Jordan Taylor, John Lure, Keaton Ankerville. We had a, a very good team. And um, there was times where we played at a very high level, especially when we played early in the shot clock and we were aggressive early. And it wasn't Coach Ryan's favorite thing to let us do, but there was times where he kind of had to let us do it. Um, I can very specifically remember when we beat Ohio State at home. 
um, we were down 13 or 14, and we didn't have a choice to play slow. We had to play fast, and that was why we had such a big comeback. Um, and, and it's kind of that team, this, this same identity here in this team is if they play a little slower, they're okay. But if, you know, we've seen it, uh, I think there's a good enough sample size now that if, if this team plays a little faster and is more aggressive early in the shot clock, um, it's, it's going to spell trouble. And, you know, hopefully they, they can get hot in the tournament, but I, I still think, um, you know, where this team is at, um, in terms of the end of the season would still be right around a six, uh, sweet 16 berth. Yeah. And right now. Joe Lunardi from ESPN put him up in a as a six seed, which is just insane. We think about it at eighteen and ten, the way that they I mean they have more quadrant one wins than anybody else in the Big Ten, so that certainly plays into it. But I think the most I don't know, there were a lot of impressive things at Michigan, but the fact that Nate Reaver scored two points, he took two shots, and yet they still put up eighty points, that that to me is significant because you had it means you had other guys stepping up not just Demetri Trice you had Micah Potter with 18 who's done it and we saw Aleem Ford have uh, 18 as well and you know Aleem barely scored against uh, Rutgers but he did some other things I feel like everyone is just starting to max out on their ability at the same time agreed and and you know you can see the confidence in these guys and that was kind of what I talked about earlier is um, within this rotation, um, I really like the fact that Coach Guard put Aleem Ford back in the starting lineup. Um, I much prefer him to start. It seems like he's got, you know, especially his last few games, he's really kind of found his groove and his rhythm. Um, but he's, you know, he's an upperclassman and, and he's been around and he's put in the work. And, and, you know, for him to get back into that starting lineup and, and find that rhythm, especially when he lost that starting starting position to, to freshman um, earlier in the season, it kind of messed with him mentally. But now he's over that hump and um, he's going to be a big piece for them if you know come tournament time Big Ten tournament and incidentally tournament time um, you know if he plays at this level or you know even close to this level it's, they're, they're a different team with him at that four spot being able to stretch the floor um, put the ball on the deck you know he, he you know had a couple nice post moves finishes around the rim um, he's really kind of come into his own these last six to eight games and it's, it's great to see and then it also kind of settles, um, you know, tie the wall down a little bit. It puts him into a different position of, you know, you don't necessarily need him to be a scorer. You need him to be a, a good role player. And um, that's what he really feels comfortable doing, playing good defense, you know, getting his hands on a lot of basketballs and, and just taking care of business that way. Get talk with Mike Bruzewitz here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Uh, look ahead to Sunday. They take on Minnesota. It's a game that um, Minnesota's got their back against the wall, right? So they're going to be coming in. They've they're, they're desperate. They need a win. But I feel like Wisconsin is going to kind of come in desperate as well because of what happened when they were in the Twin Cities last time. I mean, you don't want to be, you certainly don't want to be swept. You want to keep this momentum going. What kind of attitude do you expect on Sunday from Wisconsin? Um, I expect the same. Um, you know, if you look at this game against Michigan, it, it wasn't a, an overly emotional game. Um, you know, it was it was obviously a big time game, and they went into that building and took care of business, but. The, the emotions of that game wasn't so high. You know, they came in and they had the lead for pretty much the entire game. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a spurt in the second half where they got it down to two, but then they pushed it right back to ten. So, you know, I felt like they were in control the whole game. So coming into Sunday, you know, they're not coming off of a big emotional high. Obviously, they won, but, you know, they did it in kind of business-like fashion. So it's the same thing. Obviously, it's a border battle. For me, I need these guys to win. Come say, on, guys, we need it. Desperate. <laughs> I can't go home. I can't go back to, back to the U.S. this way uh, with the sweep. I got too many friends I play open gym with that are former Gophers that are just gonna just gonna kill me. So one, they need a win just for me. But in terms of you know what I expect for them, 
Um, you know, defensively, they're going to have to take care of some stuff because Minnesota is super athletic, um, although they are kind of struggling. Um, I still think, you know, it's a big win for them. And, and in terms of if they could push themselves up another seed line to that five um, or maybe four, especially if they put a, you know, a good string of wins together going into the Big Ten tournament, um, it, it would be huge for them. So they'll come in and I think they'll take care of business, no problem. Is it crazy that we're talking about a five seed, a four seed after what has happened to this team this year? Yes. Okay. That is absolutely monumentally crazy. And, you know, that's a credit to uh, the guys in the program who get recruited there and, and the head coach, Greg Gard. Um, you know, people were calling for his head. Yeah. I, I think it was all of a month ago. It was exactly a month ago. They were calling for his head. There was a sign, or there were down at one of the dorms on Wisconsin's campus, up in, a, up in these big windows, they had spelled out Fire Guard ASAP. I mean, this is this is why you don't you know make rash decisions. I think um, I think I saw a, a tweet uh, by my former roommate and teammate Jared Berger that said if this was a team um, in Europe, which he is a hundred percent right. If this is a team in Europe, the head coach is fired. They've had probably six or seven imports changed. They fired half the team, and all of a sudden, you know, the season was completely lost. But you know, Coach Gard's done a fabulous job of coaching this team up um, and just kind of continuing to grind through probably one of the most um, distracted seasons that Wisconsin has ever had in its program's history. And, and that really says something. Um, you know, he's a steady guy, steady at the top. You know, he didn't really waver um, with all the distractions from the beginning of the season. Um, going all the way through the middle of the season, which is crazy to think there was a ton of distractions in the middle of the season with a guy transferring, a guy being eligible from the NCAA tournament, um, losing a strength coach. There hasn't been, I don't think there's been a program that's had more turnover or change in the middle of the season than Wisconsin has. And and the fact that we're talking, you know, maybe we can push them up to a five or a four um, is an amazing job, not only by Coach Guard and that staff, but by the players themselves, you know, they, they've mentally locked in and, and really believed in themselves, and, and you really see it, especially with, you know, a win at Michigan. Yeah, it's been crazy, and they'll try and finish this thing off uh, the right way. Again, still very much in the race for a double bye. They're sitting in second place, uh, a four-way tie for second place, but certainly with three games left, if they go 2-1, and one, you have to feel good about their chances to get that double bye, which would be huge. And, you know, if they go 3-0 and oh, and maybe Maryland loses a couple, maybe you grab a share of the title. We'll see how it plays out down the stretch. Mike, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, there he was, Mike Bruzewitz here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. That is going to do it for this week's show. We'll be back next week for our final show of the year as uh, Wisconsin takes on Minnesota on Sunday, then gets uh, Northwestern on Wednesday. That game also at home. We'll talk about those before looking ahead to the regular season finale against Indiana next Saturday. Until then, you've been listening to the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable.